Good morning. How you guys doing? My name is Nathan Alpert. What's that? Oh, thank you. My name is Nathan Alpert. Uh, my wife and I um, serve the Lord Jesus Christ in uh, Ensenada, Mexico. And uh, for those of you guys that don't know us, we left here at Christ Community a couple of years ago, and Christ Community sent us out. And uh, it's a pleasure to be back home with you. We certainly consider Christ Community Church our home church, and it's always great to, to stand here on the platform that uh, the Lord's given us. I want to recognize two people who are here with us today. These two individuals have been a picture of Christ in my life, and I can say with authority that there's absolutely no way that without these two people that I would be standing here before you today. And that's my mother and father-in-law, Ed and Joyce Watley. Lift them up this morning. They're right here. <clears throat> Tomorrow morning at 4.30 in the morning, our family will uh, embark on a four-day journey, uh, 2,300 miles over to Ensenada, Mexico. And uh, we'll... we'll Sorry, Siri. So we'll be driving in, a, in our small SUV, and Aaron and Lexi, will, will you guys please not fight during that? Like, seriously? Okay, seriously. I really hope that they don't fight, because this is going to be an intense time of really family togetherness, and if you've ever dr driven I-10 or I-20 all the way across to San Diego, you know that it can be a really, really stressful time, so keep us in your prayers. But we'll be going back to Mexico for a an intense ministry time of three months where we will be uh, constructing 55 plus houses. We'll be feeding uh, countless thousands of people who uh, don't otherwise have anything to eat. And we'll be able to invest in the lives of five to 700 campers who'll join us at our camp. But in that, there's a lot of action at the camp and there's very, time, very little time to actually be alone. And this morning we're talking about What's your power source? And we're talking about the power of God in your life versus the power of the world and what really gets you charged up. And I think about being around that number of people and how that charges me up and how when I've been alone too long, um, I need to get around people because that really is an energy source for me and how opposite charity is with that and how when she's been around so many people too long, she really needs to pull back. Much like was the personality of our Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. He really saw the benefit of pulling back and getting alone and getting in prayer. And I think about all the different ways and the different things that energize us as people. Some of us, like I said, get energized by being with friends. How many of you guys would consider yourselves more of the extrovert and get energized around people? And how many of you guys would consider yourself more an introvert and you need to pull back and you really find energy pulling back and being by yourself? Some of us, here's something, get energized by energy drinks. Some of us love to drink these Red Bulls and drink all of these different energy drinks. Do we have that picture? There it is. So, yeah, and so when, when I look at something like that and I say, wow, some of us get energized by Red Bull. I, I kind of can, can say, yeah, that's not me. You know, I, I don't do that. But what about this? Some of us get energized by Starbucks. And I'd have to throw my hand up and say guilty there. And so we shouldn't be so legalistic to quickly get on those energy drinks when the, when the Starbucks has just as much caffeine in it. Some of us get energized by shopping, by the challenge to go for the new clothes or the new shoes or buy the latest thing or vehicle or car. Some of us get energized by making people happy. This reminds me of my mom. 
How many of you guys' mom can't sit down when you're visiting? If she's not making somebody happy or serving somebody, she doesn't feel energized. Sometimes I say, Mom, let me help. Let me help do that. Let me help load the dishwasher. And she says, no, would you let me serve? It's where I find my identity. It's where I find my energy. Some of us find our energy in our power source in our children, in our families, and that's really what fills us up. But for most of us who work outside the home, who, who work a job, most of us find our power source in our job. It's really what lifts us up. It's what wakes us up in the morning. It's what drives us. That physical success is really where we find most of our power source. Open your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is going to be our text this morning. And if you don't have your Bible, the words will come up on the screen. But I will give you some time to find 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we will be bouncing around to a lot of scriptures today. So if you'll take out your worship guide and look, we've got all of the scriptures posted there. Get a pen ready because we're going to burn through about 30 scriptures this morning. Let's say a word of prayer. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your power. Your power is sufficient this morning. God, I pray that through the foolishness of preaching that the people that you've called to be here this morning will understand that the world's power is empty and it's not enough and that we have got to get plugged into your power this morning. Father, let it be your words that are said in Jesus' name. Amen. For people who draw power from the Lord, drawing power from the world makes absolutely no sense. For people that draw power from the world and from themselves, Drawing power from the Lord and from the Bible makes absolutely no sense. We see in this verse in 1 Corinthians this dichotomy between the world's way of looking at the power of God and Christians' way of looking at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says this, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But to we who are being saved, we know that it is the very power of God. We'll call the message of the cross the gospel. And the gospel is foolish to those who are headed to destruction. It makes absolutely no sense that we would power up and we would make our daily power source the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who don't understand it. And conversely, when we look at the world and we have an understanding of the scripture, we look at them and we say, why would you want to power up any other way other than God? The psalmist said in Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 17, 5, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. So we see these great heroes of the faith, and we see how they put their faith and trust and receive their power from the Lord. But yet I feel like sometimes we continue to fall back and to place our trust in our hands and our abilities and in the world. But the problem with the world's power is that it's empty. It's like that Starbucks. It's like that Red Bull. It makes you feel good for a minute. It powers you up for a minute, but then it comes with the crash. And guys, plugging into the power of the Lord doesn't come with that crash. It's alive and it's healthy and it's the power that we need. So I want to talk to you this morning, if you'll take out your worship guide, about four specific things that God's power packs that the world's power doesn't. Four specific things that God's power packs that the world's power doesn't. And I hope to, as an attorney would, give you an argument and build a case that the Lord's power is what we need to be plugged into this morning and not the world's power. Number one, God's power can bring about salvation. God's power 
can bring about salvation. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says this, the wages of sin is death. If you don't know what a wage is, you've never had a job because a wage is the, the payment that you receive for something that you've done. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 that the wages or the payment for what we've done in our sin is death. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So Paul is taking an opportunity to make sure that you understand that this verse is not written about everyone else, but that it applies personally to you. That there's never been a man, woman, or boy or girl who's ever walked the face of the earth who isn't involved in this, who doesn't find themselves in this situation of separation of sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 says this, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way, but the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us finds ourselves in this condition that the world's power is powerless to overcome. We all find ourselves separated from a holy God in a way that the world's power cannot overcome no matter how hard you work, no matter how good you are, no matter how many degrees you get or how much education you get or how much money you make, you cannot overcome the separation between you and God with the world's power. But the power of the Lord is saying this, it's not the world's power, there's power in the name of Jesus. Just like Hannah was singing this morning, there's power in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice it's the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus is speaking and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And he proclaims himself to be the only way to the Father. And God is clear that it's him doing the work. It's not the world doing the work. It's not us doing the work. It's not our obedience. But it's him and his grace. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible says, He saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. It's not our power, friends. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, It is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. Not only is the only power in God, but he's taken away all the work at it so that we can't boast. So that all of the honor and all of the praise and all of the glory has to go to the name of Jesus. God has the power to save souls, not the world, not ourselves. The power of God, the grace of God, we'll call it the gospel. For the sake of this illustration, we'll call it the gospel. The gospel is heavy, it's powerful, and it's strong. It's like the counterbalance on an elevator. How many of you know that when you get in an elevator car, the elevator is attached to a steel cable that goes up to an intricate pulley system, and it comes back down in, an, in another shaft, and it's connected to a huge counterbalance, a huge steel plate filled with weights that weighs about 90% of the, of the same weight as the car. And when you push the button, 
an electrical signal is, is sent to the computer and it tells the computer how far to drop that weight. And however far the weight drops is what floor you end up on. Guys, that's exactly like the gospel. See, the gospel is heavy and the gospel is powerful. And when you step into that elevator car with the Lord Jesus Christ and you press the button to power up with him, a signal goes to the grace of God in heaven and that grace drops to the ground. And when it drops to the ground, it's connected to a cable and it pulls you up out of the mire of sin and it sets you on a new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the only power that's powerful enough to do that this morning. It's the only power. Not only does God's energy have the power of salvation, number two, God's power can sustain our daily lives. God's power can sustain our daily lives. When we press power, when we plug into the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do not receive a Christian card to hold in our wallets to show that we've joined a fraternity. God's power is much more than that. God's power has the power to sustain us for our daily lives. No matter where God has you, whether God has you in the marketplace or whether God has you on the mission field, the only way that you'll be successful in the Christian life is plugging into the power of God. Not all can be missionaries. Many, God wants to be marketplace missionaries. But no matter where God has you, the only way that you'll be successful is to plug into the power of God. The world will tell you that you're weak and that you can't do it, that you're not strong enough, that you need more education, that you need to work out harder, that you need to obey more, that you need to work harder. But God is telling you this morning, yes, in fact, you are weak, but in my power, you can be made strong. If I follow out your pants leg and I find your power cord, if it's plugged into the world, you will end up being weak at the end of the day. But if you're plugged into God, he can make you strong. I'm reminded of the story of Gideon, one of my favorite stories in Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. Bear with me because this is long, but I feel like the Lord wants us to see this this morning. In Judges chapter 6, verse 11, it says, The angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak in Orpah, that belonged to Joash, the something I can't pronounce, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Why was he threshing wheat in a wine press? Because if he was threshing wheat in a wheat field, the Midianites would see him and they would come and tax it hard or take it all. And so he's scared. He's down under the ground, cowering and hiding. And he's threshing wheat in a wine press. To keep it from the Midianites. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I can imagine Gideon going. Talking to me? Look at the text. Pardon me, Lord. Excuse me, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord returned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. The strength was already there. Gideon had already placed his faith and trust in God and the strength was there. But he didn't realize it. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Don't you trust me? 
Don't you trust that the power that I give you is sufficient for your daily life, for the battle that I would call you to? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied in verse 15, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Do I have a witness? The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. That's the power of God. He said, I will be with you, and you will strike down all of the Midianites, leaving none alive. And he's saying to you this morning, I will be with you. You can make it through that situation. You can be my light in your job. You can go to the missions field. You can be a marketplace missionary. I will be with you, and the power of God is what will sustain you. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, we're told as a church, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, in his mighty power. But sometimes I question, when we look at the power cord that's coming out of our pants leg and we look at what we're tapped into, sometimes I don't think we're tapped into the Lord's power. Sometimes I wonder where we're getting our energy from. So let me ask you, what is your power source for daily life? What is your power source for your daily life? Is it the world or is it God? What drives you? The pursuit of gold or the pursuit of God? What lifts you off the couch? Your earthly job or your kingdom responsibility? What will you bend your schedule for? Social appointments or your divine appointments? What keeps you up at night when you can't sleep? Worry about finances or worry about the souls of your friends who have never accepted Christ? What do you have your confidence placed in? Your financial security or your eternal security? What is the power that you're really plugged into? The power that fails at every turn the power that will let you down or the same power that physically raised Jesus Christ from the grave that lives inside you, which power are you plugged into? You might be saying, I've tapped into God for the, for the power of salvation, but this tapping into God for the power of daily life stuff, that, that's not for me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know what I would say to that? Praise the Lord for your honesty. Thank you for just being honest with yourself. We want to come alongside you. We want to come along next to you, and we want to walk through that with life with you. I'm reminded of the, of the little boy's father in Mark chapter 9 when he came up to Jesus, and he, and he said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. The psalmist said, Lord, don't hold this against me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It is there. We want to come alongside you here at Christ Community Church. That's why we've established these small groups. That's why we're going to be introducing these triads where we ask you to divide up into three and walk through life together so you can bounce these questions off of each other, so you can dig through the scriptures together, so you can come alongside each other and say, I don't get this. I'm not feeling it. I don't believe it. Help me to believe it. How can you do it alone without being tapped into God's power? Number three, God's power can reveal your true purpose. God's power is the only power that can reveal your true purpose. The world will tell you that your purpose is to consume, to be a consumer, 
to get the most education possible, to get the best job possible, to buy the best things possible, to have the best looking life possible, to make the most money possible so that when you're old, you can retire very close to some water. And that's it. That's our goal, and it's generationally. We were taught by the last generation, and we're teaching our kids that that's the goal. The world's power will tell you to be a consumer. But tapping into God's power will expose the true purpose for your life. Can I go out on a limb here? Don't go tomorrow and quit your jobs. But if you absolutely hate your Monday through Friday, and you're only living for the weekend, and you can't stand waking up on Monday morning, you may not have found God's true purpose for your life. Because when you find that sweet spot where you're walking in your calling for the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't wait to get there, not to make the money, but to see what a witness you can be to your friends and neighbors. And whether God takes you to the missions field or to the marketplace, he can use you in that situation. So if you're hating your Monday through Friday, I want you to ask yourself if you're tapped into God's power and if it's revealed his purpose for your life. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible's clear. We are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance to do. The Bible is clear that he created us even when we were in our mother's womb with a specific purpose and a plan for our lives. And he has something out there that he wants you to do, and that's why he's leaving you here on the earth. But not only does the power of God reveal your purpose, it also reveals that God has not only meticulously prepared a specific purpose for you, but he's planted a special gift inside each one of us who choose to accept his grace. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Isn't it interesting how when the Lord calls you to do something, he'll prepare you to do it? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. Not only has the Lord prepared you since the foundation of the earth for a specific purpose and a specific plan to move his kingdom forward, but he's also placed in you, believer, a special gift that he's given you in order to use for his purposes. Many times we take that gift, that spiritual gift, and we use it under the world's power and we use it to push forward our earthly agendas. But the Lord is calling us this morning to be looking for that and to be recognizing what the Lord has called us to and what the power that he's given us is and to plug into his power and to use it for his purposes. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And if you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior and your Lord, the Holy Spirit has indwelled you and you've received power, but that power is not meant to be stagnant. It's not meant to sit inside you. It's meant to power your daily life and to reveal your purposes. And it says, and you will be my witnesses. It's an outflowing power. It's not a stagnant power. So whether God has you in the marketplace or the mission field, when you tap into God as your power source, it will begin to reveal the true purpose for your life not only will God's power reveal the true purpose of your life but God's power can inspire us to endure number four God's power can inspire us to endure 
The world tells you to quit. Just give up, bail out. The world tells us to quit on our marriages. The world tells us to quit on our jobs. The world tells us to quit on our very existence when times get hard. But God's power inspires us to endure. The power of God has something that the world doesn't have. And that's hope. That's hope. It's such a short word, and it's such a small word, but it's the only thing that will give us the power to endure. How can we have the power to endure if we don't have a hope in things to come? What have you placed your hope in? Have you placed your hopes in what the psalmist calls horses and chariots or swords? Or what in today's vernacular would be, have you placed your hope in your job? Have you placed your hope in the real estate market? I hope not. What have you placed your hope in? What can the world's power offer you that's so secure for you to place your hope in that it would be better than placing your hope in the power of God? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses three, verse 3 has become one of my favorite verses as I've been in ministry in Mexico. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, that's the part about the purpose in your life, the labor prompted by love. And listen to this, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ that inspires us to endure. That's how we're able to keep going when we've plugged into the power of God. You see, the gospel offers hope. The world can't offer you hope. The gospel is here to offer you hope this morning. Hope that through the power of God, addictions can be broken. Broken relationships can be mended. Sickness can be healed. The lost can be found. Families can be put back together. Sin can be forgiven. Wrong can be made right. And the impossible can be possible. Only through the hope that's found in the power of God. In Christ Community Church, the power of God this morning offers us the greatest hope of all. You know what the greatest hope of all is? That God will make all things new. God will make all things new. This is only for a season. Our light and momentary trouble is preparing our hearts for something greater than we could ever achieve or hope to see here on this earth. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. The Bible says we, we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing, of our, the appearing in the glory of our great God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hoping for that? Are there a series of things that you've placed that you hope happen before the Lord reveals himself? If there is, it's out of whack. We're to be living our lives in a way that our blessed hope and what's causing us to endure, what's helping us to take the next step, as we plug in with God, is the blessed hope that he's going to return and make wrong right. That he's going to return for his bride, the church. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 3, 4, and 5, it says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. 
there will be no more sickness. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more hate. There will be no more lack of endurance. There will be no mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And that's the hope, Christ community, that inspires us to endure. That's the hope that we can live our lives on. So what's your power source this morning? Is your power source this morning the world or is it God? God's power can bring about salvation. God's power can sustain our daily lives. God's power can reveal our true purpose. God's power can inspire us to endure. Lastly, John 10.10. The Bible says, the thief. And isn't the world in its power the thief? Isn't Isn't the world in its power the counterfeit of God? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Won't you plug into God this morning? Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Jeff and the worship team, I'm going to invite you up and we're going to move into a time of invitation. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your power. Thank you that the same power that conquered the grave lives in us this morning. And thank you for the redemptive work that you did on the cross 2,000 years ago, but thank you that you didn't stop there. Father, we are so grateful for your grace and for your mercy this morning, that you didn't just die on the cross to save our sins, and you didn't just resurrect from the grave, but that you're offering us that power to extend into our daily lives and to give us the hope that we need to endure. God, thank you. Right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, I want to ask you a couple questions. Maybe you've heard them a thousand times before, and maybe this is the first time that you've ever heard it with Holy Spirit ears. But if there's never been a time in your life where you've pressed the power button with the Lord Jesus Christ, won't you make that today? God's grace is available this morning to anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord. And salvation is found in no other name. There's no amount of work. There's no amount of obedience that you can do that's going to reconcile you to Christ. The only thing is to throw your hands up and say, Lord, I can't do it myself. Do it for me. In a few minutes, Jeff's going to begin to sing. And I'll ask you if you would just go to one of these crosses to the left or the right of this room. There'll be somebody there that will pray with you and will show you clearly how you can accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're saying, I've accepted the Lord. I've pushed the power button, but this stuff for daily life, that's not for me. I've got my Christian card, but every day I'm going to work and I can't stand it and I'm putting my power in my money. I'm putting my power in my ability to earn a living and I want to power up with Jesus Christ this morning. I want you to go and get prayed for this morning. And lastly, if you want to give up, if you've been running hard and, and you feel like there's no more hope, won't you, place your, won't you place your hope in Jesus this morning? Let us pray with you. Let us come alongside you. Let us encourage you that the only way that you can endure through this Christian life is to align yourself with the power of God and to place your hope in Him.
If the Lord's speaking to you this morning, when Jeff begins to sing, you move, and we'll be there to pray with you.